spoiler alert, this podcast will cover events in the most recent aired episode of Game of Thrones on HBO. If you have not seen that episode yet, you may wish to avoid this podcast until you have. Otherwise, we hope you enjoy. Dedicated to HBO's Game of Thrones and George R.R. Martin's Song of Ice and Fire book series, you're listening to Podcast Winterfell. Here's your host, Matt Murdock. Hello, and welcome to Podcast Winterfell. It's episode 294 of the podcast. This week we're doing another TV-only friendly look at a character from Game of Thrones on HBO. This one is about Sansa. It's entitled The Death of a Fairy Tale, Part 1. My name is Matt Murdock, and I am from Podcast Winterfell. Dot com. That's where you can find all of the back episodes of the podcast. You can find contact and social media links, and you can find podcast app links. And I'd love it if you would take the time to leave me a written review. Those of you who did by October 4th were entered into a contest to win one of two uh, copies of the Season 6 official soundtrack of Game of Thrones by Brahmin Javadi. And... Uh, I have those results at podcastwinterfell.com too. If you go to the contest tab, you can see the video of who won those uh, those OSTs. So uh, thanks, and remember that if you've left a written review in the past or if you leave a written review by any future deadline I give you, you're entered into any more contests that we do. That's how I get the names of people to draw for the contest, and we had quite a few uh, reviews this last year. Thank you very much for doing that. Anyway, I'm pre-recording these episodes, so I do not have any new uh, podcast app names to thank at this time. Uh, we will have uh, at least some podcasts that I record closer to the date that I'm releasing it to where I can gather up all of the people who have left reviews in the past and we'll be able to share them with the rest of our listeners. My girl Sansa, the girl that caused me so much trouble in season five and here it is Sansa the death of a fairy tale part one of all of the characters in Game of Thrones at least among the hero or heroine characters it seems that most complaints regarding a character being uninteresting are focused towards Sansa Stark. Or is it Sansa Lannister? Or Elaine, would that be Baelish? Or Sansa Bolton? Now, just stop and think about what I said right there. One girl and four names. Isn't that a clear indication of a character that has had many interesting things in her storyline? For at least the first five seasons of Game of Thrones, the chief complaint about this character has been that she doesn't do anything for herself, merely that things happen to her. But to me, that doesn't necessarily mean it isn't good storytelling. I will agree that Sansa has primarily been a victim to the whims of those in power. Yes, 
She has definitely been naive and early on uh, even immature. But she is just a teenage girl, after all. And her story shows us something that both George R. R. Martin in the books and Dave and Dan are trying to demonstrate on the television show. That war can affect everyone, not just the small folk, but the nobles as well. And to a further extent, not just the nobles who are at the head of an army or a kingdom or even their holdfast. In a true fairy tale or fantasy trope breaking fashion, this princess in Sansa doesn't get the glass slipper and live happily ever after. But it's not to say that she didn't expect that glass slipper early on. Sansa Stark is, of course, the eldest daughter of Eddard and Catelyn Stark, and spent much of her early childhood in Winterfell, unlike her younger sister Arya, who was clearly much more of a tomboy and perhaps closer to their father Ned. Sansa was instead very much closer to her mother, Catelyn, influenced by her, even most like her. An excellent seamstress, having proper manners and etiquette, and quite appealing looks from the Tully side of the family, this all gave a young Sansa every reason to believe in the songs and the tales of the likes of Jonquil and Florian. And anyone who has known her for some time do liken her to Catelyn most. Fine work as always. Well done. Thank you. I love the detail that you've managed to get in these calls. Quite beautiful. The stitches are over too. Oh, no, 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 this stitch is very good. New dress. I made it myself. Do you like it? Yeah, no, it's... I like the wolf bit. Good, because I made this for you. I made it like the one father used to wear. As near as I can remember. Thank you, Sansa. You're welcome. Do you think Joffrey will like me? What if he thinks I'm ugly? Then he is the stupidest prince that ever lived. He's so handsome. When would we be married? Soon or do we have to wait? Hush now. Your father hasn't even said yes. Why would he say no? He'd be the second most powerful man in the kingdoms. He'd have to leave home. He'd have to leave me. And so would you. You left your home to come here. And I'd be queen someday. Please make father say yes. Sansa. Please, please. It's the only thing I ever wanted. Hello, little dove. But you are a beauty. How old are you? Thirteen, your grace. You're tall. Still growing? I think so, your grace. And have you bled yet? No, Your Grace. In your dress, did you make it? Such a talent. You must make something for me. I hear we might share a grandchild someday. I hear the same. Your daughter will do well in the capital. Such a beauty shouldn't stay hidden up here forever. Joffrey's not the sort of boy who gives away his toys. You have a tender heart. Just like your mother did at your age. I can see so much of her in you. 
Who gave you that sword with a gold lion on a pommel? So Jamie kept his word to your niece, Catelyn Stark. He sent me to find Sansa to help her as Catelyn wanted. He gave me this sword to protect her. That is what I have done and I will continue to do until the day I die. She's exactly like her mother. I don't have enough men to help her take Winterfell. You have more than she does. She wants her home back, I understand that. But this is my home. And if Jamie Lannister wants it, he can bloody well take it the way everyone else does. Sansa's life was a charmed life at Winterfell, and because of that, and perhaps because of the protective nature of her mother and father in regards to exposure to the cruelties of the world, she had expectations of the glass slipper ending, even in regards to her betrothal to Prince Joffrey Baratheon, a marriage, of course, arranged by Robert and Ned, as well as having been given one of the direwolf pups found by Ned, which she, of course, named Lady. And let's focus on Lady for a moment. I found a very interesting Reddit post by KJack15 of House Tarth in the Game of Thrones Reddit, proposing ideas about the names of the direwolves in relation to their respective Starks, and I found them to be fairly accurate. I'll leave this link in the show notes for you so that you can explore it if you wish. But KJack15 of House Tarth says, These wolves' names are characterized by the true identity of the Stark children, the wolves dying representing a, quote, dire mistake each Stark child has made. Grey Wind. Grey, the color closely associated with the Starks as well as truth. Wind, as in words are wind. Rob was constantly trying to embody honor, which has seemingly played a smaller role in season six. It's kind of a sham, like the phrase, words are wind, implies. Rob was a Stark, was a noisy nuisance during the War of the Five Kings, and made a fatal mistake when trusting the phrase. And a comment that came from K3R3NTH4 added this about Greywind. Greywind could refer to the quick way in which Rob defeated people on the battlefield, but like a Grey Wind, no sooner had he arrived, he was gone. To me... Personally, this is an indicator more for Rob himself. He arrived as King of the North, but his mistake was actually more about betraying the Freys and the agreement to marry a Frey daughter, rather than trusting the Freys at the Red Wedding as Kjak 15 of House Tarth implies. But moving on, Kjak 15 says this about Arya's wolf Nymeria. The warrior queen Nymeria is someone who Arya has always wanted to be, Arya has had to give up her identity, becoming no one in season 5 and 6. Nymeria is just like Arya's identity, lost somewhere, just waiting to be discovered. Arya had to hide her identity over and over again to survive, just like Arya had to set Nymeria free in order for her wolf to survive. Summer. It's been talked about, but Bran named Summer to initially symbolize hope. But with Summer dying in the Door episode, winter is officially here. 
Bran made a mistake when warging alone, and he will probably be the cause of the White Walkers making it past the wall, since he now has that imprint on him. Next, Shaggy Dog. The thematic Shaggy Dog story is characterized by a long-winded anecdote, characterized by irrelevant incidents, and terminated by a pointless punchline. Rickon has had such a small role in the show and the books as a whole, it would seem this is why the name Shaggy Dog came to be. Ghost. In the books, John named Ghost because the wolf never made a single sound, but in the show, John seemingly named Ghost for his coloring. But with John coming back to life, he's kind of a ghost in his own way. It can also symbolize John being haunted by his past. This includes him being haunted by not being a true Stark, haunted by Egret's death, haunted by killing his brothers, etc. And finally, we get to Lady here, where Kajak15 of House Stark says, Sansa wanted to be a lady so badly in the beginning of the show, she ended up betraying her own family in a way so she could play the role of Joffrey's lady. The mistake ultimately led to the death of her identity as a lady, as she quickly realized that being a lady wasn't what it was cracked up to be. So, there's some interesting stuff about all of the direwolves and their Starks here, but since this is, of course, a Sansa episode, let's stay focused on that. I will say that Sansa's so-called betrayal in the show, as opposed to the books, was more a matter of reluctance to tell the truth about the attack by Nymeria on Joffrey than anything else you might read on the pages of the book. Um, But it was a mistake made, because she did want to be with Joffrey, so that part is accurate. And it did lead to her own direwolf's death, which was a direct foreshadowing metaphor of the death of that glass slipper lady life that she had foreseen for herself. I probably shouldn't have any more. Father only lets us have one cup at feasts. My princess can drink as much as she wants. Pick up your sword, butcher's boy. Let's see how good you are. She asked me to, my lord. She asked me to. I'm your prince, not your lord. And I said... Pick up your sword. It's not a sword, my prince. It's only a stick. And you're not a knight. Only a butcher's boy. That was my lady's sister you were hitting. Do you know that? Stop it! Arya, stay out of this. I won't hurt him. Much. all and tell it true. It's a great crime to lie to a king. I don't know. I don't remember. Everything happened so fast. I didn't see. Liar! Liar! She's as wild as an animal of hers. I want her punished. What would you have me do? Whip her through the streets? Damn it. Children, fight. It's over. Joffrey will bear these scars for the rest of his life. Ned, see to it that your daughter's disciplined. I'll do the same with my son. Gladly, Your Grace. And what of the direwolf? What of the beast that savaged your son? I forgot the damned wolf. We found no trace of the direwolf, Your Grace. No, 
So be it. We have another wolf. As you will. Can't mean it. Die wolf's no pet. Get her a dog, she'll be happier for it. He doesn't mean lady, does he? No, no, not lady. Lady didn't bite anyone. She's good! Lady wasn't there! You leave her alone! Stop them! Don't let them do it! Please! Please! It wasn't Lady! Is this your command? Your grace? Where is the beast? Chained up. Outside, your grace. Sir Ilan, do me the honour. No. Jory. Take the girls to their rooms. It must be done. I'll do it myself. Is this some trick? The wolf is of the north. She deserves better than a butcher. In the Brandcast, we talked about the warging or green-seeing abilities within the Starks, specifically within the males of the Starks on the television show. Rob, Bran, and Rickon all exhibited certain kinds of abilities, whereas we've seen no such abilities demonstrated by Arya or Sansa in the television show. You can go back and listen to the Brandcast uh, to hear my TV show-only possibilities about that if you wish. Obviously, Sansa, though, would never get a chance to work into her own direwolf after Cersei and Robert ordered Lady killed. So she and Arya, it would seem, go on to King's Landing without any kind of outside protection that the other Starks have in their direwolves. Both of their direwolves are gone. And the only protection that they would seemingly have is their father's. But really, because Ned had to obey the order to kill the direwolf, Sansa really didn't want to have much to do with her own father either. And clearly Ned was not really all that understanding of Sansa's needs because the doll that he bought her did not appease her and instead kind of insulted her. Enough of that, young lady. Eat your food. I'm practicing. Practicing for what? The prince. I a star. He's a liar and a coward. And he killed my friend. The hound killed your friend. The hound does whatever the prince tells him to do. You're an idiot. You're a liar, and if he told the truth, Mike would be alive. Enough. What's happening here? Aya would rather act like a beast than a lady. Go to your room. We'll speak later. As for you, love. The same doll maker makes all the Princess Marcella's toys. Don't you like it? I haven't played with dolls since I was eight. May I be excused? Oh, you've barely eaten a thing. It's all right. Go on. War was easier than daughters. Jane Paul's mother had five children, all of them girls. Yes, but it's highly unlikely. But what if? Well, if you only had girls, I suppose the throne would pass to Prince Joffrey's little brother. And everyone would hate me. Nobody could ever hate you. Joffrey does. Nonsense. Why would you say such a thing? That business with the wolves, Santa... I've told you a hundred times, a direwolf is not... Please, shut up about it. Do you remember your lessons? 
Who built the Iron Throne? Aegon the Conqueror. And who built the Red Keep? Maegor the Cruel. And how many years did it take to build My the grandfather Red... and uncle were murdered here, weren't they? They were killed on the orders of King Ares, yes. The Mad King. Commonly known as the Mad King. Why were they killed? You should speak to your father about these matters. I don't want to speak to my father, ever. Sansa, you will find it in your heart to forgive your father. No, I won't. While some might say that Sansa was being very childish or ungrateful or disrespectful, I actually feel like this is a pretty exact portrayal of a typical young teenage girl who wants to be treated older than she actually is. And let's not forget that the doll did come to mean a great deal to her, during the Battle of Blackwater. She had never given up on that doll, and when she was fleeing to her room, as instructed by Shay, the doll was to her the epitome of both comfort and regret. As the Reddit post stated, when she first gets the doll, she is still at a point where she badly wants to be the princess that Sansa's charmed life has led her to believe that she can be. And that is actually a demonstration of a very important point about Sansa in the first three and a half seasons of the show. Because she does still hope for that fairy tale, despite terrible things happening to her, she gives people a chance over and over again. She gives nearly everyone a chance over and over again, save those that her fairy tale perceptions speak out to her as dangerous. At this point, she still sees Joffrey as her prince, her knight in shining armor, while people like Ellen Payne or the Hound because of their monstrous looks, she perceives as actual monsters from the tales. It's naive, of course, but again, we are dealing with a young teenager who hasn't seen the gray in her world to date. She's still only seeing things in black and white. And in this way, Sansa serves as a constant narrative to us viewers that things aren't ever black and white, nor are they ever what they appear to be on the direct surface. However, we can't forget that it's also only Sansa of the Stark family that has to deal with what many fans consider to be the two most purely evil characters in the series, Joffrey Baratheon and Ramsay Bolton. Now, I won't personally say that both are pure black hats. Both did have influences or motivations behind their evil acts, but probably most would agree that these two are the easiest to paint as purely black characters. And that brings us back to Sansa and her wanting the fairy tale life with Joffrey. After the rift that is created in the Nymeria incident, Sansa is still worried about how to get her prince back, and at his mother's urging, Joffrey extended himself back to her. Her faith in a charmed life had been further nurtured by things like the knight, Sir Loras, giving her a flower, and, of course, the monsters in the fable with Littlefinger's story of the hound and the mountain. It was after her and Joffrey had renewed their courtship, when she probably again blamed her father for the upset of those fairy tale expectations that she had built back up. That is when he told her and Arya that he was sending them home. But it was her protest that actually gave Ned the idea to look more closely at the lineage records, which then ultimately put her entire Winterfell family there in King's Landing at risk. Has anyone ever told you the story of the mountain and the hound? lovely little tale of brotherly love. 
The hound was just a pup. Six years old, maybe. Gregor, a few years older. Already a big lad, already getting a bit of a reputation. Some lucky boys just born with a talent for violence. One evening, Gregor found his little brother playing with a toy by the fire. Gregor's toy. A wooden knight. Gregor never said a word. He just grabbed his brother by the scruff of his neck and shoved his face into the burning coals. Held him there while the boy screamed, while his face melted. There aren't very many people who know that story. I won't tell anyone, I promise. No, please don't. If the hound so much as heard you mention it, I'm afraid all the knights in King's Landing would not be able to save you. The Knight of the Flowers. Thank you, Sir Loris. Loris knew his mare was in heat. Quite crafty, really. Sir Loris would never do that. There's no honor in tricks. No honor, and quite a bit of gold. It's beautiful. Like the one your mother wears. You'll be queen someday. It's only fitting you should look the part. Will you forgive me for my rudeness? There's nothing to forgive. You're my lady. One day we'll be married in the throne room. Lords and ladies from all over the Seven Kingdoms will come. From the last hearth in the north to the salt shore in the south. And you will be queen over all of them. I'll never disrespect you again. I'll never be cruel to you again. Do you understand me? You're my lady now. From this day until my last day. I'm sending you both back to Winterfell. What? Listen. What about Joffrey? Are you dying because of your leg? Is that why you're sending us home? What? No. Please, Father, please don't. You can't. I've got my lessons with Sirio. I'm finally getting good. It isn't a punishment. I want you back in Winterfell for your own safety. Can we take Sirio back with us? Who cares about your stupid dancing teacher? I can't go. I'm supposed to marry Prince Joffrey. I love him. And I'm meant to be his queen and have his babies. Seven hells. When you're old enough... I'll make you a match with someone who's worthy of you. Someone who's brave and gentle and strong. I don't want someone brave and gentle and strong. I want him. He'll be the greatest king that ever was, a golden lion, and I'll give him sons with beautiful blonde hair. The lion's not a sigil, idiot. He's a stag like his father. He is not. He's nothing like that old drunk king. Go on, girls, get your scepter and stop packing your things. Wait! Come on! But it's not fair! You will, we were telling you today. How she could forget it. She didn't forget. She's with her dancing master. She's with him every morning. She always comes back with scrapes and bruises. She's so clumsy. Hush! Go back to your room. Bar the doors. And do not open them for anyone you do not know. What is it? What's happening? Do as I told you. Run! Stay away from me. I'll tell my father. I'll... 
I'll tell the queen. <laughs> Who do you think sent me? Please, Your Grace, there's been a mistake. Send for my father. He'll tell you. The king was his friend. Sansa, sweetling, you were innocent of any wrong. We know that. Yet you are the daughter of a traitor. How can I allow you to marry my son? A child born of a traitor's seed is no fit consort for our king. She's a sweet thing now, Your Grace. But in ten years, who knows what treason she may hatch. No, I'm not. I'll be a good wife to him. You'll see. I'll be a queen just like you, I promise. I won't hatch anything. The girl is innocent, Your Grace. She should be given a chance to prove her loyalty. You must write to Lady Catelyn. And your brother, the eldest, what's his name? Rob. Word of your father's arrest will reach him soon, no doubt. Best it comes from you. If you would help your father, urge your brother to keep the king's peace. Tell him to come to King's Landing and swear his fealty to Joffrey. If... if I could see my father, talk to him about... You disappoint me, child. We've told you of your father's treason. Why would you want to speak to a traitor? I only meant that... What will happen to him? That depends. On... On what? On your brother. And on you. Mistaking the manipulation of the small council and the queen regent as being helpful again demonstrates Sansa's want or need to try and see the good in people, as well as the implied mercy that her prince, now king, Joffrey would offer. It was the last shred of complete belief that a charmed life still lay ahead of her in some way, shape, or form, even though it seemed like her father had betrayed those notions. And then things changed, and Joffrey changed his mind, and he enforced his feelings about it, showing her the heads of the slain members of the Stark House. Lady Sansa of House Stark. Do you have some business for the king and the council, Sansa? I do. As it please your grace, I ask mercy for my father, Lord Eddard Stark, who is Hand of the King. Treason is a noxious weed. You should be torn out. Let her speak. I want to hear what she says. Thank you, Your Grace. Do you deny your father's crime? No, my lords. I know he must be punished. All I ask is mercy. I know my lord father must regret what he did. He was King Robert's friend and he loved him. You all know he loved him. He never wanted to be hanged until the king asked him. They must have lied to him, Lord Renly or Lord Stannis or somebody. They must have lied. He said I wasn't the king. Why did he say that? He was badly hurt. Maester Pycelle was giving him milk of the poppy. He wasn't himself, otherwise he never would have said it. A child's faith. Such sweet innocence. And yet they say wisdom oft comes from the mouths of babes. Treason is treason. Anything else? If you still have any affection in your heart for me, please 
do me this kindness, Your Grace. Your sweet words have moved me. But your father has to confess. He has to confess and say that I'm the king. Or there'll be no mercy for him. He will. My mother wishes me to let Lord Eddard join the Night's Watch. Stripped of all titles and powers, he would serve the realm in permanent exile. And my lady Sansa has begged mercy for her father. But they have the soft hearts of women. So long as I am your king, treason shall never go unpunished. Sir Illyn, bring me his head. <laughs> And as soon as you've had your blood, I'll put a son in you. Mother says that shouldn't be long. No, please, no! This one's your father. This one here. Look at it and see what happens to traitors. He promised to be merciful. I was. I gave him a clean death. Look at him. Please, let me go home. I won't do any treason. I swear I'll Mother just... says I'm still to marry you, so you'll stay here and obey. Look at him! Well? How long do I have to look? As long as it pleases me. Do you want to see the rest? If it please your grace. That's your scepter, there. I'll tell you what. I'm going to give you a present. After I raise my armies and kill your traitor brother, I'm going to give you his head as well. Or maybe he'll give me yours. My mother tells me a king should never strike his lady. Samarin. Yeah, go. Will you obey now? Or do you need another lesson? I'll look for you in court. Save yourself some pain, girl. Give him what he wants. You'll be needing that again. To me, it is still unclear whether Sansa merely intended to push Joffrey off the walkway and then suffer the consequences at the hands of the guards, or whether she intended to go over the edge with him. But either way, this is the point where Sansa is willing to give her life in order to avenge what has happened to her family. It's kind of almost another fairy tale ending that she foresees if she's able to get Joffrey off of the edge, worthy of the songs or the tales of tragedy that she'd undoubtedly heard growing up. So, of course, it can't happen for Sansa. However, 
Because of the Hound's intervention, another type of fairy tale for Sansa actually emerges in this moment, even if she can't see it. The monster saves the princess, in this case, from herself. And it's perhaps in the Hound and Sansa's relationship where her story might most be like a fairy tale. Not only does he save her from herself here, but he backs her up when she tries to save Sir Dantos on Joffrey's name day. He saves her from the mob during the riot as they return from sending off Marcella. And he even offers to help her flee the Red Keep during the Battle of the Blackwater. But it takes time for her to come to the realization that the Hound is not a complete monster that her story-driven instincts have made her perceive him to be. And perhaps that hint of the whole Beauty and the Beast trope is what allows some fans to even hope that Sansa and the Hound might someday find their way to each other. I frighten you so much, girl. Is it him there making you shake? He frightens me too. Look at that face. I'm sorry if I offended you, sir. Why won't he speak to me? He hasn't been very talkative these last 20 years. Since the Mad King had his tongue ripped out with hot pincers. Speaks damn well with his sword, though. Sir Ellen Payne. The king's justice. What is it, sweet lady? Does the hound frighten you? Away with you, dog. You're scaring my lady. I don't like to see you upset. Simone helps Adonto celebrate my name day. See that he drinks his fill. I can't. I only meant it would be bad luck to kill a man on your name day. What kind of stupid peasant superstition? The girl is right. When a man serves on his name day, he reaps all year. Take him away. I'll have him killed tomorrow, the fool. The fool, you're so <laughs> clever to see it. He'll make a much better fool than a knight. He doesn't deserve the mercy of a quick death. Did you hear, my lady, Sedantes? From this day, you'll be my new fool. Thank you, Your Grace. And you, my lady, thank you. Where is the stalker? Let them have her! If she dies, you'll never get your Uncle Jamie back. You owe him quite a bit, you know. Take some men and go and find the stalker. I take my orders from the king! All right now, little bird, you're all right. You hurt me, lady. Little bird's bleeding. Someone take her back to her cage. See to that cut. Well done, Piggy. I didn't do it for you. I beg pardon, sir. I should have come to you after to thank you for saving me. You were so brave. Brave? A dog doesn't need courage to chase off rats. Does it give you joy to scare people? No, it gives me joy to kill people. Spare me. You can't tell me Lord Eddard Stark of Winterfell never killed a man. It was his duty. He never liked it. Is that what he told you? He lied. 
Killing's the sweetest thing there is. Why are you always so hateful? You'll be glad of the hateful things I do someday when you're queen. And I'm all that stands between you and your beloved king. The lady's starting to panic. What are you doing here? Not here for long. I'm going. Where? Some place that isn't burning. North might be. Could be. What about the king? He can die just fine on his own. I can take you with me. Take you to Winterfell. I'll keep you safe. Do you want to go home? I'll be safe here. Stannis won't hurt me. Look at me. Stannis is a killer. The Lannisters are killers. Your father was a killer. Your brother is a killer. Your sons will be killers someday. The world is built by killers. So you better get used to looking at them. You won't hurt me. Now, to me, the whole Sandor and Sansa thing is really not quite my cup of tea these days, though I can definitely understand why some people have gone there. And I will even say that in the past, my sympathy for the Hound has even strayed me a little closer to that kind of notion than I might now feel comfortable. Yet, with the return of the Hound in Season 6, his possibly joining Beric Dondarrion and heading north to fight the White Walkers and Sansa now securely in Winterfell... I think the possibility that at least some kind of reunion between the Hound and Sansa seems almost inevitable. But of course, Sandor Clegane was in reality one of the least of Sansa's worries in King's Landing. A hostage to the crown for all of season two and the first halves of season three, Sansa had to maneuver as best she could to evade cruelty, not just from Joffrey, but also from his mother Cersei. Because we now know of the prophecy that was given to Cersei when she was probably right around or maybe even younger than Sansa's own age during the opening of season five, you might think that some of the hostility by Cersei towards Sansa may indicate that at this point she was considering Sansa to be that, quote, younger, more beautiful queen that would cast her down and take all that she held dear. And yet, Cersei, whether intentionally or not, often offered advice to Sansa as well in the form of her own worldview or opinions on matters. And Sansa, a girl who up until the travels on the King's Road had seemingly been overly blunt or at very least a truth speaker, suddenly found herself amidst all of King's Landing having to lie often in order to save herself from harm. And it's because of the difficulties that she had in fooling some in regards to her lies that we know that this was something that was fairly new to her. When will Joffrey and Sansa be married? Soon, darling, when the war is over. Mother says I'll have a new gown for the ceremony and another for the feast. But yours will be ivory, since you're the bride. The princess just spoke to you. Pardon, your grace. 
I'm sure your dress will be beautiful, Marcella. I'm counting the days until the fighting's done, and I can pledge my love to the king in sight of the gods. Is Joffrey going to kill Sansa's brother? He might. Would you like that? No. I don't think so. Even if he does, Sansa will do her duty. Don't you, little dove? If you want Rob Stark to hear us, we're going to have to speak louder! Someone get the girl something to cover herself with. She's to be your queen. Have you no regard for her honor? I'm punishing her. For what crimes? The king can do as he likes. The mad king did as he liked. Has your uncle Jamie ever told you what happened to him? No one threatens his grace in the presence of the king's guard. I'm not threatening the king, sir. I am educating my nephew. Bronn, the next time Sir Merwin speaks, kill him. That was a threat. See the difference? I apologize for my nephew's behavior. Tell me the truth. Do you want an end to this engagement? I am loyal to King Joffrey, my one true love. Stark. You may survive us yet. Your mother might have prepared you. You flowered, my dear, no more. My mother told me, but I thought it would be different. In what way? I thought it would be less messy. Wait until you birth a child. You're a woman now. Do you have any idea what that means? I'm fit to bear children for the king. A prospect that once delighted you, bringing little princes and princesses into the world. The greatest honor for a queen. Whenever my time was near, my royal husband would flee to the trees with his huntsmen and his hounds. And when he returned, he would present me with some pelts or a stag's head. And I would present him with a baby. You may never love the king, but you will love his children. I love his grace with all my heart. That's so very touching to hear. Permit me to share some womanly wisdom with you on this very special day. The more people you love, the weaker you are. You'll do things for them that you know you shouldn't do. You'll act the fool to make them happy, to keep them safe. Love no one but your children. On that front, a mother has no choice. But shouldn't I love Joffrey, Your Grace? You can try. Little Dove. I will pray for your safe return, my lord. Will you? Just as I pray for the kings. You'll kiss it again when I return and taste my uncle's blood. Will you slay him yourself? If Stannis is fool enough to come near me. So you'll be outside the gates fighting in the vanguard? A king doesn't 
discuss battle plans with stupid girls. I'm sorry, Your Grace, you're right. I'm stupid. Of course you'll be in the vanguard. They say my brother Rob always goes where the fighting is thickest, and he's only a pretender. I was wondering where our little dove had flown. You look pale, child. Is your red flower still blooming? Yes. Fitting, isn't it? The men will bleed out there and you will bleed in here. Poor Lady Sansa some wine. I'm not thirsty, Your Grace. So? I didn't offer you water. What's he doing here? Sailing. He's here to defend us. When the axes smash down those doors, you may be glad to have him. The only way to keep the small folk loyal is to make certain they fear you more than they do the enemy. Remember that. If you ever hope to become a queen. You said he was here to protect us. He is. Traitors are a danger to us all. My queen. What are you doing? Praying. You're perfect, aren't you? Praying. What are you praying for? For the gods to have mercy on us all. Oh. On all of us? Yes, Your Grace. Even me? Of course, Your Grace. Even Joffrey? Joffrey is my... Oh, shut up, you little fool. Praying to the gods to have mercy on us all. The gods have no mercy, that's why they're gods. I should have been born a man. I'd rather face a thousand swords than be shut up inside with this flock of frightened hens. They are your guests under your protection. You asked them here. It was expected of me, as it will be of you if you ever become Joffrey's queen. If my wretched brother should somehow prevail, these hens will return to their cocks and crow of how my courage inspired them, lifted their spirit. And if the city should fall? You'd like that, wouldn't you? The Red Keep should hold for a time, long enough for me to go to the walls and yield to Lord Stannis in person. If it were anyone else outside those gates, I might have hoped for a private audience, but this is Stannis Baratheon. I'd have a better chance of seducing his horse. Have I shocked you, little dove? Tears aren't a woman's only weapon. The best ones between your legs. Learn how to use it. Do you have any notion of what happens when a city is sacked? No, you wouldn't, would you? If the city falls, these fine women should be in for a bit of a rape. Half of them will have bastards in their bellies come the morning. You'll be glad of your red flower then. Young, Jamie and I, we looked so much alike, even our father couldn't tell us apart. I could never understand why they treated us differently. Jamie was taught to fight with sword and lance and mace, and I was taught to smile and sing and please. He was heir to Castle Rock, and I was sold to some stranger like a horse to be ridden whenever he desired. You were Robert's queen. And you will be joined. Enjoy. My lady. My sincerest condolences. They're right. I'm not good enough for him. You shouldn't say that. 
You'll be good enough for many things. He'll still enjoy beating you. And now that you're a woman, he'll be able to enjoy you in other ways as well. But if he's not marrying me... He'll let you go home. Joffrey's not the sort of boy who gives away his toys. You have a tender heart. Just like your mother did at your age. I can see so much of her in you. She was like a sister to me. For her sake, I'll help get you home. King's Landing is my home now. Look around you. We're all liars here. And every one of us is better than you. Now, we all know that Tyrion loves the game, and perhaps his admiration for Sansa's attempt to play the game of courtesy, uh, it may have been what inspired him to make Shay Sansa's handmaiden. This, of course, would prove to make things very difficult once Tyrion and Sansa were to be married, but Shay did do her best to protect Sansa and warn her of the dangers of the world. Who are you? I'm Shay, milady, your new handmaiden. I didn't know I needed a new handmaiden. You're not from here? No. What are you doing? Waiting for you to tell me what to do. I shouldn't have to tell you to do things. You should just do them. What things? Change my linens, wash my clothing, scrub the floor, empty my chamber pot, brush my hair. No. You said to brush your... Not now. Your chamber pot is empty. Clean the table. Have you ever been a handmaiden before? Yes. For whom? Lady Zorif. Lady Zorif. There is no Lady Zorif in this city. She wasn't in this city. Well, I don't know how they did things in that city, but in this city, handmaidens wait on ladies, not the other way around. And I don't have time to answer a thousand questions and teach you how to do your job. Do you want me to leave? Just brush my hair. Ow! Shh. It's not deep. I thought they were going to kill me. They thought so too. He hated me, the man who hit me. I saw it in his eyes. Hated me. He never met me before, but... You wanted to hurt me. Of course he did. Why? Why would a stranger? You are everything he will never have. Your horse eats better than his children. It doesn't matter now. He's dead. I would have given them bread if I had it. I hate the king more than any of them. Don't say these things. If the wrong people hear you... But you're not the wrong people. Don't trust anybody. Life is safer that way. It's all right. Give me that. If the queen sees, I can have Joffrey's children now. Help me flip it over. Where are you going? To tell her grace. You'll say nothing to anyone. Do you understand? Some of those boys will never come back. Joffrey will. 
the worst ones always live. Come, my lady. Don't be afraid. The Queen has raised the drawbridge. This is the safest place we can be. Joffrey's not hurt. He's fighting bravely. His knights have rallied behind him. They will save the city. Should we sing a hymn? Gentle mother, font of mercy, save our sons from war, we pray. Gentle. <gasps> you must go. Run to your chamber and buy your door. Stannis won't hurt you. This one will. Come with me. I need to say goodbye to someone. The Queen said they'd rape everyone. No one is raping me. Go, run! He's an important person. So is she. I grew up in the shadow of her father's castle. The day she was born, they rang the bells from sunrise till sunset. We've both done rather well, you and I, given where we started. And the war is dead. It's not easy for girls like us to dig our way out. Watch out for her. I always do. Watch out for her with him. I still don't believe it. He didn't. He didn't want anything. He just takes an interest because he loved my mother. Men only want one thing from a pretty girl. Littlefinger's not in love with me. Love is not the thing he wants. He's too old. They never see it that way. He didn't ask you to do something for him? Spy on someone or...? No. If he does ask you for anything, or try anything, or touch you, I want you to tell me. Why? What will you do? I will make him stop. But you said I should come to you with any problems. Did anyone see you? No. All right. What is this problem? I'm worried about Sansa. When she spoke with Lord Baelish, his friend warned me about him. Baelish doesn't have friends. I don't know her name. Oh, Roz, the redhead? How do you know her? I try to know as many people as I can. Never know which one you'll need. What did she say about Littlefinger? That Sansa shouldn't trust him. Is there an idiot in any village who trusts Littlefinger? We have to protect her. And Sansa actually needs as much protection in King's Landing as she could get, for she had very few, if any, allies. And even though Marjorie Terrell may have extended sympathy and even attempted to help her escape King's Landing by way of a marriage to her brother Loras, a marriage that Marjorie knew would probably not be a happy one for either Loras or Sansa, much of her extended friendship was in the pursuit of the greater goal for herself to become queen, and don't forget that a Stark-Tyrell marriage would also bring together two great houses of Westeros, further enhancing the prospects of the ultimate Tyrell family goal, and that is to knock off the number one family of Westeros, the Lannisters. Yet Sansa did like the Tyrells and the prospect of marrying Loras. Again, her wanting to believe in the fairy tale, even if she knew she had to be much more guarded about that want. It still existed within Sansa. You have a knight who had given her a flower, 
a seemingly friendly family that allows her to speak the truth about Joffrey and his doings that she dare not speak elsewhere. And even when the Loras plan failed, a supporting person in Marjorie who helped Sansa ease into the prospect of marrying the imp Tyrion Lannister. But make no mistake, whether there was any real support for Sansa from the Tyrells or not, that support would surely fall second to the family primary goals. And yet Sansa bought in because she needed to believe in the good side of people amidst so much bad that others had exhibited. Unfortunately, her faith in people allowed a power play for her own hand in order to possibly hold Winterfell someday. Lady Sansa? Sir Loras? My sister Marjorie invites you to take the air with her and our grandmother, the Lady Olena, in the gardens. May I escort you to them? I believe you grow more beautiful every day, Lady Sansa. You were too kind, Sir Loras. You probably don't remember the first time we met. At the hands torn, you gave me your favour. A, a rose, a red rose. Of course I did. <laughs> You're such a dear. Oh, uh, take my leave. Lady Sansa? Thank you, Sir Loras. Come. Lady Sansa, it is my honor to present my grandmother, the Lady Olena of House Tyrell. Kiss me, child. It's so good of you to visit me and my foolish flock of hens. Should we have some lemon cakes? Lemon cake's my favorite. So we've been told. Now, I want you to tell me the truth about this royal boy, this Joffrey. I... I... You, you. Who else would know better? We've heard some troubling tales. Is there any truth to them? Has this boy mistreated you? Has he ripped out your tongue? Joff... King Joffrey, he... His grace is very fair and handsome and as brave as a lion. Yes, all Lannisters are lions. And when a Tyrell farts, it smells like a rose. But how kind is he? How clever? Has he a good heart, a gentle hand? I'm to be his wife. I only want to know what that means. Are you frightened, child? No need for that. We're only women here. Tell us the truth. No harm will come to you. My father always told the truth. Yes. He had that reputation. And they named him traitor and took his head. Joffrey. Joffrey did that. He promised he would be merciful and he cut my father's head off. And he said that was mercy. And he took me up on the walls and made me look at it. Go on. I, I, I can't. I never meant... My father was a traitor. My brother as well. I have traitor's blood. Please don't make me say any more. She's terrified, Grandmother. Just look at her. Speak freely, child. We would never betray your confidence, I swear it. He's a monster. Oh. That's a pity. Please don't stop the wedding. Have no fear. The Lord Oaf of High Garden is determined that Marjorie shall be queen. Even so, we thank you for the truth. 
I choose my allies carefully, and my enemies more carefully still. Which is Sansa Stark? Neither. A babe in the woods. I admired her father. Yes. Ned Stark had many admirers, and Harmony stepped forward when the executioner came for his head. I could not help Lord Stark. Perhaps I can help his daughter. How? You're not the only one who has taken an interest in her. That's hardly surprising. She's a beautiful girl with a famous name. Indeed. She'd make a lovely match for the right suitor. It almost feels as if you're about to arrive at the point. If Rob Stark falls, Sansa Stark is the key to the north. And if Littlefinger marries her, he'll have the key in his pocket. You are a clever man, Lord Varys. You are too kind. I believe I have a possible solution. One doesn't need to be clever for that. It's all rather obvious, isn't it? So I prayed that she'd catch a horrible skin disease. A week after that, she came down with porridge plague. Porridge plague? Oh, you don't have it in the north. Your skin starts to look like boiled oats and eventually your face lights off and you die in agony. But that's awful. <laughs> you're... I believed you. <laughs> porridge plague? I'm an idiot. Don't say that. No, you're not. So, what happened to Alana? Oh, she grew up to be the most beautiful woman and married a handsome lord and they have darling children and live in a castle by the sea. It's all terribly frustrating. I'm sure she's jealous of you now. You'll be married here in the capital and she'll have to come watch and pretend to be happy that you're queen. (laughs) (laughs) I want us to be friends. Good friends. That would make me very happy. You must see Highgarden. You'd love it there, I know you would. Uh, I, I don't think the Queen would let me leave King's Landing. The Queen Regent, you mean? Once I marry Joffrey, I'll be Queen. And if you were to marry Loras... Oh, your place would be at Highgarden, wouldn't it? We would be sisters, you and I. Would you like that? I'm very happy about... Uh, yes. I am as well. I've dreamed of a large wedding since I was quite young. The guests, the food, the tournaments. And the bride, of course. (laughs) The most beautiful bride in the world. A beautiful gown of gold and green brocade with fringed sleeves. Have you ever been to Highgarden, my lady? No. I'd never left Winterfell before I came to King's Landing. But it sounds wonderful. I can't wait to see it. And to leave this place. It's terrible, isn't it? Growing up at Winterfell, all I ever wanted was to escape. To come here. To the capital. To see the southern knights in their painted armour and... King's Landing after dark. I'm stupid. Stupid little girl with stupid dreams who never learns. Come on. I remember the first time I saw you in the throne room. I'd never seen anyone who looked so unhappy. I want very much for you to be happy, Sansa, and so does my grandmother. You would have been happy at Highgarden. Women in our position must make the best of our circumstances. How do I make the best of my circumstances? 
I have to marry him. Has Lord Tyrion mistreated you? No. Has he been kind to you? He's tried. You don't want him, though? He's a Lannister. Far from the worst Lannister, wouldn't you say? I'm sorry. Here I am complaining to you. My son will be king. Sons learn from their mothers. I plan to teach mine a great deal. And your son, if I'm not mistaken, your son might be the Lord of Casterly Rock and the North someday. My son, with him, I'll have to, will have to. If it's the pain you're worried about. I'm not afraid of the pain. Not after what Joffrey's done to me. What is it then? He's rather good looking, even with the scar. Especially with the scar. He's a dwarf. And Loras. Some women like tall men. Some like short men. Some like hairy men, some like bald men. Gentlemen, rough men, ugly men, pretty men, pretty girls. Most women don't know what they like until they've tried it. And sadly, so many of us get to try so little before we're old and grey. Tyrion may surprise you. From what I've heard, he's quite experienced. And that's a good thing. It can be. We're very complicated, you know. Pleasing us takes practice. How do you know all this? Did your mother teach you? Yes, sweet girl. My mother taught me. And these plays for Sansa's hand ended up, of course, getting Sansa the most unlikely of husbands, the frog, who is, in many ways, frog-turned-prince, uh, at least as far as his respect for Sansa went. But nonetheless, never much more than a actual frog in Sansa's eyes. And worse, at the point where she had decided that Tyrion might not be all that bad after all, the news of the Red Wedding would come via Raven. Yet, even in her hate for the Lannisters after the Red Wedding, Sansa still showed Tyrion one final sense of respect when she got Joffrey's chalice from under the table for Tyrion at the Purple Wedding. Tyrion, for his part, became her great defender for much of their time as husband and wife and even before. Though because of Shay, it is clear that even if he allowed himself the fantasy of loving Sansa, his heart was indeed with Shay. Still, with all of the trouble surrounding his name and the Stark name, the actions of his father and the Boltons and the Freys, it still almost seems like that even if the events of the Purple Wedding had not unfolded the way they did, and Shay had stayed away, as Tyrion had asked, Sansa and Tyrion might have reconciled their differences over the Red Wedding eventually, and at least had an amicable marriage. Now that the Lannisters have discarded her, Sansa will have many suitors. A great beauty with a very old name. Great beauty? Oh, a great beauty? Yes, she is. Objectively, very. Her face is quite pleasing to other men and to women, people in general. But not to me, of course. I only have eyes for you. You pervert. You want her? This child? I don't even want to talk about her. But you are. Only because you're making me. <laughs> I didn't force you to open your mouth and make words come out. This is cruel and unfair. Cruelly unfair. Don't suppose there's anything we can do about this? You can have them both killed. 
It's hard to say which of the four of us is getting the worst of this arrangement. Probably Sansa. Though Loras will certainly come to know a deep and singular misery. Father doesn't discriminate. We're all being shipped off to hell together. On a boat you built. Who's going to tell her? Anyway, from what I can tell, the dressmakers in Highgarden will be far superior to the ones in King's Landing. They never make me anything as dull as this for my wedding. Loris likes green and gold brocade. <laughs> I'm sure he does. Will they let me invite my family? They haven't asked my opinion. But do you think they will? No. Lady Sansalor Tyrion to see you. Should I? I beg your pardon, my lady. Good afternoon, Lord Tyrion. I was just trying on a gown for King Joffrey's wedding. Yes, it should be quite a wedding. I need to speak with you, Lady Sansa. Of course. Alone, if I may. Why do you need to speak to her alone? Shay? Please excuse her, Lord Tyrion. She's not from here. But I trust her, even though she tells me not to. Sometimes. We think we want to hear something. And it's only afterwards, when it's too late, that we realize we wished we'd heard it under entirely different circumstances. It's all right, really. How to begin? This... This is awkward. So, am I invited to your wedding? I didn't ask for this marriage. I didn't want it. No. She's a beautiful girl. You said so yourself. That doesn't mean... Th this is duty, not desire. Is that what you will tell yourself? Don't have a choice. My father... Does not rule the world. I hope I will not disappoint you, my lord. No, don't. You don't have to speak to me as a prisoner anymore. You won't be a prisoner after today. You'll be my wife. I suppose that's a different kind of prison. I'm just... Trying to say very badly, just want to say I know how you feel. I doubt that very much, my lord. You're right. I, I have no idea how you feel, and you have no idea how I feel. But I promise you one thing, my lady. I won't ever hurt you. You drink wine. When I have to. Well, today you have to. Time for the bedding ceremony. There will be no bedding ceremony. You respectful tradition, Uncle. Come, everyone. Pick her up and carry her to her wedding bed. Get rid of her gown. She won't be needing it any longer. Ladies. Attend to my uncle. He's not heavy. There will be no bedding ceremony. There will be if I command it. I believe we can dispense with the bedding, Your Grace. I'm sure Tyrion did not mean to threaten the king. <laughs> A bad joke, Your Grace. But... But it is my wedding night. Come, wife. 
I vomited on a girl once in the middle of the act, not proud of it. But I think honesty is important between a man and wife, don't you agree? Come, I'll tell you all about it, put you in the mood. Stop. Can't. I could, I would. <laughs> but your father... I won't share your bed. Not until you want me to. What if I never want you to? And so my watch begins. Eldrick Sarsfield and Lord Desmond Crickles. Eldrick Sarsfield and Lord Desmond Crickles. What are you doing? I have a list. A list of people you mean to kill? For laughing at me? Do I look like Joffrey to you? No, death seems a bit extreme. Fear of death, on the other hand. You should learn to ignore them. Now, lady, people have been laughing at me far longer than they've been laughing at you. I'm the half-man, the demon monkey, the imp. You're a Lannister. I am the disgraced daughter of the traitor Ned Stark. The disgraced daughter and the demon monkey were perfect for each other. <laughs> so, how should we punish them? Who? Whom? Sir Eldrick Sarsfield and Lord Desmond Crapel. Ah, could speak to Lord Varys and learn the perversions. Anyone named Desmond Crakehall must be a pervert. I hear that you're a pervert. I am the imp. I have certain standards to maintain. <laughs> we could sheepshift Lord Desmond's bed. You cut a little hole in his mattress and you stuff sheep dung inside. Then you sew up the hole and make his bed again. His room will stink, but he won't know where it's coming from. Lady Sansa. My sister used to do that when she was angry with me. And she was always angry with me. Why sheep shift? That's the vulgar word for dumb. My lady. Well, you asked me. My lord, my lady, your father has called a meeting of the small council. Is that bad poetry or is it supposed to mean something? Rob Stark is dead. And his mother... Write back to Lord Frey, thank him for his service, and command him to send Rob Stark's head. I'm going to serve it to Sansa at my wedding feast. Your Grace, Lady Sansa is your aunt by marriage. A joke? Joffrey did not mean it. Yes, I did. I'm going to have it served to Sansa at my wedding feast. No. She is no longer yours to torment. Everyone is mine to torment. You do well to remember that, you little monster. Oh, I'm a monster. Perhaps you should speak to me more softly then. Monsters are dangerous, and just now kings are dying like flies. She needs to eat. I can't let you starve. I swore to protect you. My lady... I am your husband. Let me help you. How can you help me? I don't know, but I can try. I lie awake all night, staring at the canopy, thinking about how they died. I could get you Essence of Nightshade to help you sleep. Do you know what they did to my brother? How they sewed his dial's head onto his body. And my mother... They say they cut her throat to the bone and threw her body in the river. What happened to your family was a terrible crime. 
I didn't know your brother. He seemed like a good man, but I didn't know him. Your mother, on the other hand, I admired her. She wanted to have me executed, but I admired her. She was a strong woman. And she was fierce when it came to protecting her children. Sansa. Your mother would want you to carry on. You know it's true. Will you pardon me, my lord? I'd like to visit the Cotswood. Of course, of course. Prayer can be helpful, I hear. I don't pray anymore. It's the only place I can go where people don't talk to me. It may actually have been the events of the Purple Wedding that allowed Sansa to see that Tyrion was the butt of the family, and perhaps that is why she offered him this final courtesy. But that courtesy also implicated her as a potential kingslayer. Her merely accepting the necklace from Dantos implicated her as well. And we owe all of that, of course, to Littlefinger. But we don't have time to get to Littlefinger in this episode, so we'll save him for the next episode when we look into the death of the fairy tale part two once again thanks so much for listening to podcast winterfell hope you enjoyed that first look of two looks at sansa We've got more TV-only friendly stuff coming up. We've got more book stuff coming up in the future as well. Stay subscribed. Thanks for listening. Thanks for leaving reviews. And next week, Sansa Part 2, The Death of a Fairy Tale Part 2. We'll see you then. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Podcast Winterfell. Find the podcast blog at podcastwinterfell.com. Follow the podcast on Twitter twitter.com slash winterfellpod contact the podcast either by email podcastwinterfell at gmail.com or by calling the listener line 314-669-1840